0: Blessing. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Okay, if I if I go way over, just start doing jumping jacks are not off. Okay, <laughs> Or not off. Um, before before we get started, I just wanted to thank um, Kelly. Thank you so much just for when she when she um, invited me to come out to speak on evangelism. I thought maybe only two people would show up. So I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed to see all of you here. Really, you know, evangelism is a scary topic. Um, people don't like talking about the gospel. A lot of times even Christians are terrified to share The gospel. So hopefully, by by the time I'm done, you'll feel a bit relieved and have a few practical tools to be able to share with anybody in any season of your life, whatever season you're in. Um, So thank you, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Gigi. Where are you, Gigi? Thank you, thank you, Tonia. The wonderful. I feel like we're in Jerusalem or something. (laughs) That's how it's like. I I was in Jerusalem a a couple years ago um, filming for the Way of the Master, um, thirteen episodes in ten days with Ray Comfort and his crazy crew, and. uh, it was just great. Every morning we woke up to a spread like that. So, so that that's beautiful. And Ramona, Ramona, wherever you're at, um, thank you for opening your home. What a blessing. I know uh, Pastor Dan um, personally, and and so you guys are in such good hands. What a wonderful pastor he is, and um, I, I've grown to like him even more, especially since he agreed to endorse my husband's new book. <laughs> It's called Crucified. My husband wrote one a book prior called Convert from Adam to Christ on the nature of what it looks like to go out of Adam and be put into Christ. And Emilio talks about how there's only two types of people in the world, which really makes it easy. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how thin you are, what color you are, or where you were born. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. So it makes it very simple. If you're in Adam, then you still have that sin upon you. And if you're in Christ then he's your federal representative then you're going to heaven and have eternal salvation how amazing is that Mm -hmm. Um, so um, and also also uh, I was thinking about my handbags I make handbags and I'll go into that a little bit later but um, how many of you were at the Mary Moeller retreat remember when Mary Moeller came and she spoke that was so nice I, I was there Um, Gigi invited me, and and, and it was such a blessing, and Gigi had got one of my bags, my handbags, which is all about fishing for men, which I'll explain a little bit more later, and she filled it with all kinds of goodies and made it real beautiful, and Mary got that. Um, That was a great retreat. Thank you, whoever planned that. Um, And then I was encouraged by G, G, G Young. Where are you, G? She came up to me and just shared a testimony. She said all week she's been reading Matthew 4. And um, meditating on it. And then she got to the verse that says in Matthew four nineteen, uh, 19. And, and Jesus said to them, Peter and Andrew, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And she, she prayed a prayer to the Lord. And she said, Lord, I want to be more faithful because I'm not faithful in this area. She said, will you teach me? And then she saw the invite, and she said she doesn't come to many women's events. She's homeschooling and is busy. And um, she said that she saw what the topic was and was like, I've got to get here. (laughs) (laughs) We're glad you came. What a testimony. Um... So preparing this, I was thinking of different statistics for Fort Worth and just this area, which I do at usually almost any women's event that I, I teach at. And one statistic that I found was that um, there are two reasons why people leave the Fort Worth area, and only two reasons, only two reasons. One, they're drafted for the military, or two, they die. (Laughter) Because they love the area so much, right? Uh, The second statistic that I found is that if you don't like the weather in Fort Worth, then wait 10 minutes. (laughs) Right? Is it ever going to get warm? I'm wondering if it is. It's a beautiful day today, isn't it? Um, The third statistic I found, which is really the ultimate statistic of all, is that 10 out of every 10 die. 10 people out of every 10 people die. Right? And we have the answer for that. Right? Mm-hmm. We have the answer for death, and so wow. Fourth one is one thing Christians who live in Fort Worth won't be able to do in heaven is evangelize. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you and I will not be able to do in heaven is preach the gospel, mm-hmm. is be able to talk about the, the, the Lord and, and lead people to him. How amazing is that? I mean, if we just really meditate on that, it will, it will change our perspective to redeem the time because time is short. We don't know for any of us when our race is over and when it's up. So, um, well, let me say a, a quick prayer for us, okay, and then we'll get started. Father, Lord, you are so good. You are so good and so gracious for bringing us all here. Uh, Lord, none of us are deserving of this. Lord, you've lavished us with such wonderful things. You've given us life and breath. And, Lord, um, we just humble ourselves before you today? I pray, Lord, that you would use me, a, a dying woman, to speak to other dying women um, I pray that you would use me to, to equip them, Lord, to share the gospel, and that they would leave feeling absolutely empowered, Lord. I pray that they would leave feeling like, wow, if she can do this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Lord, please, I pray that you change our perspective. I pray that you would um, open our eyes and our, and our ears to really hear specifically um, what, what you're saying, Lord. I pray none of us would fall asleep from that yummy food, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. I always wonder why pastors don't pray that, right? Yeah. And then everyone's falling asleep. So that's my goal, is to equip you to feel confident um, to share the gospel with anyone. If you do have your Bibles, those of you that do, um, turn to, we're going to we're gonna look at 1 John 5.13, okay? Um, I've been at the University of North Texas a lot lately. Every Wednesday we do evangelism. My husband does open-air preaching. Uh, we have a permit to be on campus, and um, he's only spit on one time. He's only been spit on once, so it's been good. He hasn't been punched or anything yet, but... Um, I've been asking students, those that claim to be Christians, um, if they were to die tonight, where would they go? And those that claim to be Christians say, I hope heaven. And that hope doesn't sound very sure. They say, I hope heaven. I go, wow, well, that doesn't sound really sure. And again, these are people that claim to be Christians. So turn to 1 John, because the faith that we have is um, is not supposed to produce that type of surety, an unsurety. The faith that we have should produce sure, a sure foundation, a strong foundation. And so 1 John 5.13 says this. These things, this is John writing. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And I don't know if these Christians just had missed that, but for years I had missed that verse. I was saved, I got saved uh, at about 17 years old and it um, was in a not very solid church and then God let me out of, led me out of that not so solid church to a more solid church at Calvary Chapel. They were teaching verse by verse and when my pastor got to that, it shattered, shattered my whole worldview because I thought it would be arrogant to say that you know something for certain. So if someone were to ask you tonight, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? Could you with absolute certainty say heaven and be sure about it? A lot of people would say that that's arrogant saying, oh, well, you know, that sounds very arrogant that you'd say that you know that you're going somewhere. In fact, that's what they say at the University of North Texas. They always say, well, I don't know where I'm going, and for you to say that you know where you're going is, is arrogant. But actually, it's not. It's actually very humbling to say that you believe somebody else, that you're going to take someone else's word for it. It's kind of like going to the doctor, and you're told that you have, you have an incurable disease, and the doctor gives you something that will cure you, I mean, what are you going to do? You're humble yourself and and listen to the doctor and receive that medicine. Well, the same is true with the gospel. The Bible tells us here in 1 John 5 that we can know that we have eternal life. This is really earth-shattering. These things I have written, they've been written down so that you who believe in the name of the Son of God can know that you have eternal life. So since each of us, if we've repented of, of our sins and have trusted in Christ, we have that confidence. That confidence should produce a boldness in us to be able to share with people. Because if we know where we're going and people don't know where they're going, shouldn't we want to tell them the truth? Shouldn't we want to warn them of the danger to come? And so it's earth-shattering, and really, really it's a gift. This is an absolute treasure that we can know this. Remember the hymn, Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You know, when I got, when I got saved, it was, someone asked me. someone asked me not too long ago, how did you get a passion for the lost? And I said, uh, I just got saved <laughs> when I got saved all of a sudden it was like my eyes were open I just started journaling Lord I pray that you would save so-and-so Lord I pray that so-and-so and and I didn't even know I just knew that I was I could see now I didn't even know how I could see but but I just did um, turn to 2nd Corinthians 5 17 so talk about assurance God wants you to be absolutely sure about where you're going when you die how can we lead others to Christ if we don't know where we are going ourselves Um. Think about it like this. Imagine if you worked for AT&T and at the end of the week they said, well, think about paying you. Uh, Well, you'd think about getting another job, right? But your boss can assure you that at the end of the week your wages is going to be a certain X amount of money. Um, If your boss can assure you of what you're going to get at the end of the week, can't God assure you of what you're going to get at the end of your life? Right? We know that the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, so good. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Another translation says, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So if you feel today, if you've come and you feel worn out, if you feel depressed, if you feel beaten down, if you feel um, like you're too young to do this or too old to do this, or you're in a season of life where you can't share the gospel, well... Um, all of that isn't true because you have God's word on it, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19, which says he's committed something to you. So once you get saved, once your eyes are open and he gives you that assurance, not only does he stop there, now he commits something to you. So he doesn't just save you. He doesn't just give you a gift of salvation, but now he's committed. He's given you something, and he's entrusted it with you. So how have you been doing with this treasure? Because 2 Corinthians 4, 7, a bit further, further back, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. I'm reading from the, the NASB. Beloved, oh no, I'm in First John, I'm sorry. 2 um, uh, Corinthians 4 7, it says this that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? In our own bodies, our weak, feeble bodies. Why? So that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So you carry this treasure that's been committed to you, the gospel in your weak earthen body, your weak body that is breaking down. And if you don't feel weak and you feel young and vigorous, we'll just give it a few years. (laughs) Give it a little bit of time. The gray will come in, and where are all the gray-haired people? I I mean, I'm really wondering that. I mean, I think that they are covering it all up. Don't cover it up. Let it it grow out. It's beautiful. It's a sign of wisdom. What's wrong with our society, right? Um, So ask yourself, if you're really asking yourself, where do people go who die without Christ? I've been asking that question on the campuses and at the malls, and when I run into people, and especially if they claim to be Christian, well, those that claim to be Christians, I'll ask them, where do people go who die without Christ? And I wait for the answer, and they'll go, they'll go and I go, you can say it, it's not a bad word. Sadly enough, we've turned it into a bad word, like saying I'm mad, about, I'm mad as, it's hot as, we turn it into a bad word, but it's really location, hell. It's a real location. So where do people go who die without Christ? And the answer, as you guys know, is hell. And if we really, really believe that, if you really believe that, it should propel you to action. Think about 9-11. Remember 9-11 when it happened? What if you would have gotten the news that that was going to happen three days before it happened? I bet because of your love for people and, and you, you've got the truth, because you have the truth, you're going to stand outside. You're going to probably be passing out little things warning people, don't go in. Please don't go in. You may even ha- be one of those crazy people with signs. <laughs> don't go in, right? Right? You may even start yelling, don't go in. But you get the point, right? Penn Jillette, I don't know if you, any of you have heard of him. If you haven't, that's good. Um, he's an unbeliever, he calls himself Beyond Atheist. He's the type of man that says that he finds a dollar bill, and whenever he finds it, he'll cross out the in God we trust. He calls himself Beyond Atheist. He has a show, um, uh, "Pen and Teller, and it's, uh, it's just really bad, like a Howard Stern type of thing. The only reason why I know about him is because someone gave him a Bible after one of his shows, and he went and filmed a YouTube video, and here's what he said. In the YouTube video, he said, I want to thank that person that gave me the Bible, and I just was glued to it thinking, what, he said, because how much you have to hate somebody to not warn them of the danger to come if you really believe that hell exists? Amen. He goes, I want to thank you. This is from the mouth of an unbeliever. So shouldn't we be warning people? Imagine that, um, imagine that I told you that, you know, it's 4 a.m. and I told you at 4 a.m. I will give you a $100 bill starting at 4 a.m. for every person you either give a gospel tract to or just warn about judgment to come and share, share the love of Christ with them. Every single person, starting at 4 a.m. I bet you would, you would invest in a wonderful, loud alarm clock, the one that you used to throw up against the wall. You'd probably start kissing, right? You'd have your calculator out. Boy, if I start witnessing 50 people by 12 a.m., I'm going to have... If we could do that for the love of money... And share the gospel for the love of money, but not just because God promises to be with us and commands us to do it. What possibly are we serving? Remember Matthew 4, the whole, the whole theme, you know, fishers of men. Um, Matthew 4, 19, Peter and Andrew are, are fishing. They're doing what they love to do. And Jesus walks up and he says, what? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the text says that immediately, they, immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him immediately so a friend of mine once said if you're not fishing maybe you're not following so fishing for men is going to come in different 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 ways it will look different for each one of us you know some of us here may, may have an, an art ministry and, and you incorporate the gospel using art some of you may maybe you have a photography ministry and you do all things to to glorify the Lord and your website has verses on it um, one lady at the the event in Ohio that I just did last week and came up to me and she said I use my tracks to share the I use my checks to share the gospel and and it had verses evangelism verses on our checks uh, which I just really love, so we can get creative about how we're going to do it, and, and hopefully, I'm going to give you some tools to be able to do that. Turn to first, um, turn to um, Philippians one, Philippians one, and um, I, Paul here, Paul is trained to a Roman guard, as you know. Philippians is the love uh, is the joy book, and um, John MacArthur. John MacArthur loves this book. I love John MacArthur. He's one of, one of my favorite Bible teachers. But Joy's mentioned about 14 times in, the, in, in this book. And it's interesting because that's, that's kind of a lot of times for just four chapters. And Paul's chained to a Roman guard. And under house arrest, and, and I don't know how he could probably have a lot of joy in that situation. You would think he would be downcast, but he doesn't. He he, But he isn't. He has a lot of joy. But what's interesting is that in the book of Philippians, not only is joy mentioned 14 times, but um, the name of, of Christ is mentioned not just 10, not just 20, not just 30, not just 40, but about 50 times in the book of Philippians. And that's connected. You can't have joy without Christ, even in the midst of being chained to a Roman guard under house arrest. And I want you to notice in Philippians 1.3, Paul starts out, he comes out of the gate immediately thanking God. Look what he says. Verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Why? In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So what I want you to notice, number one, is that in view of their participation of the gospel, that was kind of like he had a panorama. He saw their participation of the gospel from the very beginning until right now, and guess what it did in him? It produced thankfulness. Here he is in, 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 chained to a Roman guard. Don't you think that he'd use his ink, which was very expensive at the time? He wasn't texting, and he wasn't sending an email. He didn't even have a stamp for letters. Um don't you think that he would end up saying something to the effect of, uh, pray for me, I'm really depressed here so that I'll get out of this prison, and I don't know what to do, I don't have food that I'm eating. I mean, can you imagine, he should be going through the list, but no, right away he comes out of the gate thanking God and all of his remembrance of them. And ladies, you, you you, have the power to make your pastor very happy or very depressed, You have the power to make your husband very happy or very depressed. You have the power to make anybody in your life that's watching you very happy or very depressed. (laughs) You know, don't don't underestimate your influence. Don't underestimate the sphere that that you have around you. People are watching. And look at Paul. I mean, he's writing to the church, writing to the the Philippians. He has joy because of them. Look at verse 4 always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all not only did their evangelism produce thankfulness in him but it also caused him to to want to pray it produced prayer in him prayer which is really neat because it, at times it's it's difficult to pray it can be hard to pray but look what their 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 um their evangelism did their participation in the gospel verse 5 in the gospel, their, your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Do you see that perseverance from the first day, from the very beginning that they began until now? They're continuing, they're persevering in the gospel. And that can only come by continuing to be filled with the Spirit, continuing to remain in fellowship, continuing to be in the Word, because you can get burned out. Um, you know, Ray Comfort, my friend Ray Comfort. How many of you, you guys are familiar with Ray Comfort? If you, I could see your hands. Yes, the way of the master evangelism. He, um, he shares the gospel every Saturday for about two hours at Huntington Beach on the pier. And, but he's not out there for eight hours. He's just out there for about an hour and a half or two hours. And I always asked Emilio, my, my husband, who was friends with Ray Comfort before I ever was, he's, and I said, Emilio, why, why doesn't Ray just stay out like all day? He said, because he doesn't want to burn out. He paces himself. He's in it for the long haul. So pace yourself. Don't feel like you've got to run out and give out 900 tracks today and share with 900 different people. Give yourself, give yourself a, little, a little challenge like today. Maybe I'll pass out one track, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, what keeps us from sharing the good news? There are several reasons. But one, one of the, the main reasons that share, keeps us from sharing the good news is, number one, the fear of man. What will people think about me? Will I get rejected? Will I get my track thrown at me? Will people yell at me? The number two reason, which I think maybe should be number one, is unbelief. I think that probably should be number one because if you really believe that people are going to hell without Christ, wouldn't you warn them, right, of the danger to come, which we spoke of? Um, Number two, rejection. Number three, rejection. Number four, I'm too busy. Number five, I'm too old. Number uh, six, I have kids. Okay, if you, if you have a lot of them, then okay, maybe, that, that's, maybe that's a good excuse for you, right? The people who say that I'm too old, I'm too tired, I'm too hurt, I'm too broken, and I'm too busy, here's my response. God loves to make old people vibrant. God loves to give tired people strength. God loves to heal broken people so that they can encourage and comfort others. And God gives busy people, he loves to give busy people focus on meaningful things. Because we can be busy about a lot of things, but not busy about meaningful things that will last for eternity. So how do we know what is meaningful? Well, one of the ways beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's meaningful is sharing the gospel. Why? Daniel 12.3 gives us proof. This is the only proof you really need to know. It says this, Daniel 12.3, Those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. I don't know about you, but that's really good news because our glory here on this earth is very, 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 very limited, very, very short amount of time, right? Very, very limited. It fades away. But listen listen to this. You will shine forever if you turn many to righteousness. So how do we turn many to righteousness? How do we do that? By sharing the gospel, right? So how do we do that? Because there's a lot of things that keep us from it. And again, for, the, for those of you that may think, oh, boy, well, you know, I, I'm... I'm in a season of life where I just can't do it, I don't have the strength, I don't have the energy. Did you know that George Mueller remember George Mueller, at the age of the ripe young age of 70, went onto the mission field, right after his wife had died. His wife had died. He ends up getting remarried. He goes on in the mission field. Guess how long he ends up traveling? Seventeen years in the mission field, and then dies right before 100 years old. He didn't wait for retirement. We we don't. There's no such thing as Christians to have. We don't have retirement. There's no such thing, right? Because you retire when he says, "I give you no more breath." (laughs) When you don't, when you when you don't wake up, then you're retired. (laughs) So I've got bad news for you. (laughs) Really, it's the best news because the gospel doesn't depend on uh, our age. It doesn't depend on our race. It doesn't depend on what kind of clothes we wear. It doesn't depend on how we look. None of that. If that were the case, I'd be changing into 50 different outfits and getting tattoos and ear piercings. All these different things, right? If I'm trying to be like everybody. No, the power is in the gospel, not in us. And so if you're fearful, if you're fearful, that's okay. Guess why? Because a fearful man is a praying man. A fearful woman is a praying woman. So if your prayer life is lacking, then just start sharing the gospel when someone comes up to you and says oh can you um explain what this is then you know you're going to start praying really you know really really uh you know fervently I I don't know it talks about Jesus right (laughs) (laughs) the righteous are as bold as a lion right so um I'm I am fearful that's why I use little things like this gospel tracks how many of you guys have seen these are million dollar bills uh, they're not real, so don't rob me. No, I'm just I, I was at Walmart the other day in line. I turned around, and it was a day I didn't feel like passing out a gospel track. I'm really glad I did, though. I turned around and I just said, "Did you get one of these?" We were in line, so don't waste your time in line. Redeem the time. I turned around and she goes, "Hold on," and I went, "Oh no, you're great." <laughs> She pulls out of her purse a gospel tract that had been old. I mean, it had a bit, It looked like it was in her wallet for like five years. I go, well, I guess the Lord wanted you to have a new one. Uh-huh. I go, and I guess he wanted you to get the gospel message twice. She hadn't even read the back. Uh-huh. So if you're going to pass out a gospel tract, make sure wow. that you tell them, make sure to read the back. <laughs> so I was, in, I was in line at a, so this is this has a, mil, a million-dollar bill, and on the back it says the million-dollar question, will you go to heaven when you die? Here's a quick test. Have you, ever stole, have you ever told a lie, stolen anything, or used God's name in vain? Jesus said whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Will you be guilty on judgment day? If you've done these things, God sees you as a lying, thieving, blasphemous adulterer at heart. The Bible warns that if, um, that if you are guilty, you will end up in hell. God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son to suffer and die on the cross for guilty sinners. We broke God's law, but Jesus paid our fine. That means he can legally dismiss our case. He can commute our death sentence. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Then he rose from the dead and defeated death. Please repent, turn from your sin today, and God will grant you everlasting life. To all who trust in him, then read your Bible daily and obey it. I don't know about you, but... um, I, I use gospel tracks because God does. We have his promise that, that his word will not come back void, right? And this does a much better message than I will. I mess it up. I mess things up, and I don't get, you know, this isn't going to get angry at anybody, the gospel track. It's not going to get upset at anybody. It's going to stick to the message. Um, and so um, Charles Spurgeon said, when private talk and conversation is not available, in other words, when you don't have time to share gospel one-to-one with people, he said, get good tracks. He said, but not just any, but ones that are eye-catchy and have a solid gospel message because they could be the words of eternal life. That's the words from the Prince of Preacher, Charles Spurgeon. He liked gospel tracts. Um, and so some of the reasons why I use gospel tracts, number one, people can get saved by reading one. Uh, number two, tracts go where you, can, you can't. In other words, into somebody's house or their handbag or their pocket. And they can read it later while you're sleeping at night. They can be working overtime. Number three, tracks don't lose their cool. They stick to the message, right? They don't get into arguments. Number four, people can read it over and over and over at their convenience. Um, number five, if there are verses on the gospel track, we have God's promise that his word will not come back void. That's his promise. Number six, they are great door, door openers for the gospel to be preached. Number seven, they make you more giving. I use my own money to buy these. So, for example, I go on to livingwaters.com. It's $5 for a pack of 100 That's not very much. Um, but still, it is my own money, and I'm giving it away. It makes you more giving to share the gospel that way. Number eight, they can do the talking for you. And I love that part because when I'm anxious, I just give them the track, and then I go, have a good day. And one of the things that um, I want to encourage you when you're giving out a gospel track is don't say, do you want one of these? Because they'll go, no. Just say, did you get one of these? It makes them feel like, no, I got left out. What is it? (laughs) So that's all I do. Did you get one of these? Did you get one of these? And I use different. You know, and everybody's going to be different in what type of type of thing that you like. Maybe you'll you'll, you'll want to make your own tracks if you don't find any over here that you like. Um, but I got to tell you something that happened. Uh, just I was in the airport. Kristen and I going to Ohio for a women's event. We just I just spoke in, at a retreat. Four messages, um, and one was one was this one: the joy producing power, of furthering the gospel, and how God uses evangelism to produce joy in our hearts. Um, and as we were in the airport, I sat down and I just handed it to the guy that, you know, was sitting next to me as we were waiting. And I said, here, this, this is for you. I said, it's an IQ test and you've got to guess how old, um, what this outfit is and what year it was worn, what this outfit is and what year it was worn. Well, he was into it right away. So I just let him do his own thing. He was just like, oh, wow, you know, glued to it. Five minutes later, he goes, did you read the back of this? And I go, Yeah, I didn't tell him I wrote it, you know. Um, He goes, it's garbage. And I go, and do you want to know what I would have said about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I first became a Christian? I would have said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm." And I wouldn't have said another word. But I looked over at him, and I said, really? I said, by what standard do you say that it's garbage? What is your authority? I asked him, and he said, turns out he was an astrophysicist from Germany. You know, like a brain... (laughs) And I'm thinking, I go, I know an astrophysicist, Jason Lyle. I told him that. I said, he's a Christian. Um, and he's smart, too. But uh, so, so anyway, he tells me it's garbage. I asked him, by what, what authority? And he goes, well, I just feel that. So then he's the authority. I said, let me just ask you a question. I said, what, what religion are you? I said, were you raised in any? He said, um, I'm agnostic, but I was raised uh, Catholic. And I said, OK. I said, could you be wrong about everything you know? He said, yes. I, saw, I said, so, oh, then you could be wrong that this is garbage and actually it's very valuable. He's, he just started laughing. I said, if you could be wrong about everything you know, I go, look where your worldview has taken you, Stefan. His name was Stefan. I said, look where your worldview has taken you to absolute absurdity that you don't even know that you're sitting here right now, and yet you're telling me this is garbage. I said, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I said, I realize that we have different worldviews. I said, but my worldview doesn't leave me in absolute absurdity. It leaves me in absolute sure." I am absolutely sure about certain things in life, who I am, where I'm going, why I'm here, what's the purpose in life. I go, do you know what's going to happen after you die? I go, where are you going to go? He goes, he goes, I hope, heaven. He goes, actually, I need to tell you something. He said, um, I was in Jerusalem not too long ago by myself trying to find, like, trying to find truth. And I go, you know what, I go, you don't need to go, here's what I'm thinking, I didn't say this to him, but I was thinking, you don't need to go to Jerusalem to find truth, God just brought me here to you in the airport. (laughs) (laughs) You could have saved yourself $10,000, you know, it's expensive, you know, God's written it down for you right here. And And I basically told him, God has sent me to you to tell you the truth right now, do you want to know the truth? And I just broke down everything almost that I just said to you in this message, and, and I talked to him about the law. I brought him through the law. I asked him if he was a good person. I said, Stephan, have you ever told a lie? He said, well, yeah, doesn't everybody? And I said, yes, but we're just talking about you. And, uh, and uh, you know what? I asked him if he had ever stolen anything. He said, yes, but when I was a lot younger. And I said, well, time doesn't erase sin. Um, you know? It's just like standing before a judge and saying, you know, I murdered somebody, but that was you know, just five years ago. Time doesn't erase sin. Only one payment can, and we know what that payment is, the Son of God. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. There's no other payment that can erase our sin. Speaking of clothes, I said, I said, why are you even wearing them? And he just looked. <laughs> I said, I know that sounds weird, but aren't you glad we're wearing clothes? You know, I mean, we talked for a long time. He was hooked. He was, you know, I, it wasn't like he was getting ready to leave and he couldn't. He had, he'd miss his flight if he did. But um, so I had him trapped essentially. But. Um, that, I, that I talked about I talked to him about clo- clothes. Why do we even wear them? And this is what the, the back talks about. I'll just I'll just tell you. Um, if you guessed 1885 in a swimsuit, you were right. My how times have changed. This is a swimsuit. Wow. Uh, women used to wear this. Have you ever wondered why we wear clothes? It's recorded that Adam and Eve never did until they ate from the fruit the fruit from the tree which God had commanded them not to eat from in the garden. The first thing they did was try to cover themselves with the leaves because of shame, but the leaves were not a sufficient covering. In other words, they were immodest. The leaves were immodest. It was not a sufficient covering. They were still exposed. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you've thought about this. I'm sure you all already have, but it hit me one day, right in between the eyes, that Cain and Abel were not the first ones to shed blood. Cain and Abel. That was not the first bloodshed. Typically, we think the fall and Cain and Abel, right? Bloodshed. No. But it was God killing an animal to cover Adam and Eve sufficiently because those leaves were, were not sufficient. The word really in the Hebrew is like immodest, without shame, you know. And so um, they were still exposed. But listen, here's what the rest of the tract says. God was the first one to kill something, an animal, to cover them properly. Approximately 4,000 years later, God would kill his son, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ to cover sin. Have you ever looked at the Ten Commandments to see if you have sinned? Take this test. See the reason why. The reason why God. The reason. Okay. Imagine that I give you a feather duster, and I tell you to go to the front lines of battle in Iraq. Are you going to feel equipped with a feather duster out there? I know some of you are <laughs> smiling, right? Like, no. What if I gave you though? What if I reverse the scenario and I said I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a cannon, a cannon, and I'm going to send you to the front lines of battle. How would you feel knowing that you have a cannon? You've got. You're behind this cannon. I mean, they can't even touch you. You've got the canon, right? Well, God's given us 10 canons, if you would, to be able to blow our opponent away. Any opponent, agnostic, atheist, um, uh, Hindu, Mormon, Muslim, any opponent, because they all are opponents to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. What is it? What are the 10 canons that God's given us? His law, the Mm 10 commandments. And it's not difficult to ask people. I ask them all the time. Uh, you know, just the other day, again, at UNT, the University of North Texas, I just started walking with students to class. I go, real quick, I'm talking to people about, about what happens after they die. I start out just like that. And they go, okay. Everybody. No one I mean, it's very rare I get turned down. Very rare. Because people want to talk about these things. I'm asking them questions, and they're talking about them, their favorite subject themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? So all I did was just ask um, where are you going to go when? Where, where do you think you're going to go when you die? This one student, we were walking to class. He was walking rather fast. I should have worn different shoes. <laughs> um, but but um, I said, "Where are you going to go when you die?" And he said, um, "I really don't know." I said, "Let me ask you a question." I said, "What are you going to school here for?" And um, he was going for engineering or something. I said, "And then what are you going to do after engineering?" He said, um, "Well, then I'll, you know." You know, well, I'll get a job. I go, what are you going to do with a job when you're, when you're about 65 or older? He goes, well, then I'll retire. I go, well, then what will you do? He goes, I guess die. And I go, oh, so, so you're certain that's going to come to you? He said, well, yeah. I go, but you don't know where you're going to die? He said, no. I said, I think God has sent me here today to tell you some good news. But before I give him the good news, I've got to give him the bad news. Right? I need to give him the bad news first, so that he appropriates the good news rightly. It's kind of like this: imagine you're in a doctor's doctor's imagine you're in a doctor's office, doc, doctor's office and the doctor says, "Take this pill at noon every day for the next three months." You'd say, "Doctor Shaw, I'm not sick. I'm not sick at all." But let's reverse the scenario. Let's say he tells you you've got three months to three months to live unless you take this pill every day at noon for three months. What are you going to do? That news of your death, has just opened up a vista of, wow, wow, my eyes are open, I'm going to take it every day, you set every alarm, why? Because you love your life. What we need to show the unbeliever is that they're in deep trouble before a holy God, and that they violated his law. It's not difficult just to ask them, hey, have you, uh, you know, have you ever evaluated yourself by the Ten Commandments to see where you're going when you die? God doesn't want you to be lost. And that's what I told that young man. I said, God doesn't want you to be lost. I brought him through the law, I asked him a few questions, and I said, You know what you are right now is you're lost. You don't know who you are, where you're going, and why you even exist. You don't even really know your purpose in life. And he stopped dead in his tracks. Remember, he was going fast? He stopped dead in his tracks and just looked at me. I said, What are you gonna do? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Give an invitation and say, What are you waiting for? The Lord says, Come. He will turn away no one who comes, nobody who calls on his name. And it was a good ending. He he thanked me and left and, and went off to class. See, I, you know, when I first became saved because I had bad doctrine, I was I was thinking it depended upon me. So I would walk away from evangelist encounters and going, wow, how did I how did I do? Could I have smiled at him differently? Could I have done this? Could I have said it nicer? It's not about that. The power is in the gospel, not in ourselves. Right? It is in in the gospel. And not in our, our our flesh at all. Other reasons why I like to use gospel tracks, um, Good tracks number nine, have a clear gospel presentation that bring glory to God, whether anyone gets saved from them or not. Um, number ten, they are a natural way of communication. We're told to go and tell the world, Pamphlets make sense, or gospel tracts make sense. Why? Because they're part of our obedience. It's one way to go and tell the world. If you feel too terrified to open your mouth and actually tell somebody, if you're like me, then just let this do it. I have friends that put them in newspaper stands. We had some people that were putting them, dropping them in the beer, you know, the beer things at the store with the slots they were putting them in, and I thought, oh, wow, we ended up getting a call at Living Waters um, where a guy had received it and didn't end up getting drunk that night and was very thankful. Mm. Never know. Never know. We've got calls where people have been very upset, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, emails, and emails, too. But whether they get upset and are hardened, God is sovereign in that. And whether they <laughs> repent... God is sovereign in that, or whether it's a seed planted, God is sovereign in that. It is a win-win-win situation. You can never lose, right? Especially even if they are on the ground. A lot of times if people discard them on the ground, I will not bend down to pick them up. Here's the reason why. Um, somebody had thrown away a like something like this, a, a crumpled bill in, in the trash can, and a homeless lady had dug it out, and of course, you know... I'm sure was upset because she was thinking it was money, and she's homeless. She needed money, so she called Living Waters from a payphone. They do have; still, they still have those, by the way. Um, <laughs> called Living Waters, and was nearly in tears, saying, um, "I read the message on the back, and thank you very much." Didn't even mention that it was money, and she was disappointed. In nothing. She just was so thankful for the message. That was a discarded gospel track. Number eleven. They help keep us prepared and alert to share the gospel with anyone we meet. Keeping a variety of gospel tracks or DVDs or things like this in your car or your pocket or your handbag keeps you ready with eternity in mind. You're always think, looking, who am I going to run into? What, what's going to happen? I was returning something. Who likes to return things? You think it's a waste of time, right? Oh, great, I'm going to return that. It's the wrong size or this doesn't fit or the wrong light bulb. So I was at Home Depot returning, returning something. And, of course, I've got my gospel tracks on me. And I felt this weird presence behind me in line, so I turned around, and sure enough, it was a lady holding a dog. And it was, I'm a dog lover, cute dog, big eyes. I go, Ma'am, your dog is so cute. What's its name? She said, Zoe. I go, Well, that's interesting. Do you know what that means? I said, It's actually a Greek word. She goes, No. I said, It it means, it comes from the word zoe, meaning life. I said, Here, this is for you. It has a message of eternal life. (laughs) The next day, I'm in the post office, you know, and who likes to go in the post office, especially when the line is long, and this is one of those days it was long, but I thought, okay, redeem the time, right? And uh, I turned around, did you get one of these? You know, because it is, it's always nerve-wracking, it's so nerve-wracking, everyone's silent in the post office. <laughs> They're quiet, and here I am with my little, so I pulled out my, um my uh, out of my gospel, out of my handbag, and... Um, Turned around, and I felt, I felt the same weird presence. So I turned around. It's a man holding a dog in the post office. Cute dog, big eyes looking at me. I didn't know they could bring him in the post office. And I said, sir, your dog is so cute. What's its name? He said, Zoey. Zoe. <laughs> I said, sir. I said, do you know what that word means? It comes from a Greek word. He goes, no. <laughs> I go, let me tell you. I said it means life I said make sure I said it comes from the Greek word zoe so life I said make sure you read the back of this because it talks about eternal life and then everyone else online was kind of like I could hear they were listening. I go, oh, I don't, you don't need to be left out either. I go, here, this is for you. <laughs> so now the whole post office in a, is in a rut, is up in the air. And it's funny because um, this little post office in Keller, we just, my husband and I just moved from Keller to Frisco. And I missed that little post office because they always got excited every time I'd come in. They, the, the workers, they'd go, what did you bring me new? they go, did you bring me something new? And they'd always give me, like, favor. They'd let me do things that no one else would do, like, you know. <laughs> get my mail from the front, you know, or usually you've got to go around the, anyway, just neat, just the favor, you know, the favor, adorn the gospel, adorn the, the Bible talks about that, that we can adorn the gospel with our good deeds, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I haven't shared this with any other ladies' group, but I even brought this basket over to the, um, the post office during Christmas time and put chocolates and goodies and stuff just to adorn the gospel. And I had tracks in there and million-dollar bills. They were all raving about it. And every time I'd come in, one would give me a prayer request So you never know. Adorn the gospel. Get excited about it. If you're in a weird season of life, well, good. God loves to use women that are in a weird season of life. Are we ever going to get out of a weird season? (laughs) Probably not until you see the Lord face to face. Why? Because God loves to make his children uncomfortable here. God loves to make you feel uncomfortable here so that you don't get too comfortable. Why? Because this isn't your home. Everything that you love is going to be stripped away, right? Everything, everything. Accept our eternal salvation and everything we do for his glory, right? 1 Corinthians 10.31, uh, 1 um, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God, mm-hmm. whatever you do. Number 12, they remind us that God is sovereign, gospel tracts. Every encounter we have throughout our day is a divine encounter. You're encountering people all throughout the day. That awareness coupled with good gospel tracts helps us to be good stewards of the breath and life God has given us. Job talks, about, Job talks about that. In his hand is the breath of every creature and the life of all mankind. So whenever you see a person, you've just entered an, a, a witnessing encounter possibly, right? Whether it be a one-to-one, whether it be passing out a gospel tract. And number 13, gospel tracts help us to find believers, So um, I've been struggling with some health things, heart palpitations, um, fluttering, freaked me out. I've lost sleep over it, thought I wasn't going to wake up in the morning. Uh, Horrible, if any of you have struggled with that. It's a a nightmare. And I thought I was having panic attacks. Um, But anyway, I think it's all linked to my thyroid. Finally, after going and seeing tons of different doctors, um, they found on my my thyroid a nodule. Um, If you would pray for me that would just dissolve, that would be great. (laughs) Um, but don't waste your thyroid nodule if you have one. And the reason why I say that is because after I get this this diagnosis at the doctor, and they finally found out that's the reason. And my doctor looked at me like, you know, you probably need to see a specialist because it's one and it's solid, and that doesn't necessarily look good. And that's why I have a raspy voice. It's all thyroid stuff. But all that to say, um, I felt I had a death sentence, and so I'm driving away from the doctor, just you know, just downcast. And I go to the CVS to pick up my Armour Thyroid. I'm standing in line, and um, I do not want to pass out a gospel track because I'm consumed with me. <laughs> I'm not thinking about the person in line next to me, and who knows what they're going through. So I handed them one of these. This is one of my gospel tracks, um, IQ test. It says, what's the most important part on the tombstone? And um, the most important part on the tombstone is not your name. That's the number one guess answer, is that it's our name. And, of course, we're so self-centered, we would think that would be the most important part right Um, second most guess answer is that it would be like that you're dearly loved no that's not it either does anyone want to guess what the most important part on the tombstone is the dash in between the two dates that little tiny dash because it represents your life that little tiny blip little tiny thing and the things that we do for Christ will last goes into a full gospel message I passed one to the lady behind me in the CVS line and um, then I turned around you know, waiting for a response. What was she going to do? And she goes, oh, she goes, is this your ministry? That doesn't happen every day. And um, I've had th- tracks thrown at me, but if that's the worst thing that happens, then that's not bad at all. Um, it's not always easy sharing the gospel, you know, because you will, it will demand a response, right? The Bible says that it's a stench to those that are perishing. So if it's a stench to somebody, it's a good indication they're, they're perishing. So don't take it personal. Jesus was perfect, and they did what to him? Crucified him. Are you above Jesus? No. Then of course you'll get crucified, right? Maybe in some way, shape, or form. But anyway, she said, "Is it that your ministry?" She goes, "I have a ministry to women too, to grow deeper in their, their love for the Lord." I almost just wanted to cry because here I just identified through a gospel track another believer. Then I go and get the Armour Thyroid from the pharmacist at the counter and gave them a track. And um, she goes, oh, you know, this is wonderful. She goes, what church do you go to? I go, Heritage Grace, my husband pastors it. She goes, oh, I pray the Lord blesses your church. May he encourage you. <laughs> Here I am after the death sentence, and I, and, I, and I tell her, I said, can you just please pray for me? I said, I just found out that I have, like, a, a growth, you know, a lump on my thyroid. I said, could you um, just pray that God will dissolve it? And she goes, the Lord is in control of every single mass. Mm-hmm. Here she is preaching my doctrine to me. <laughs> the pharmacist at CVS. God uses tracks; that's why I like to use them. After all, isn't the Bible one big gospel track? If you're rich, then pass these out. If you're rich, pass them out. I'm not. I don't happen to have a lot of money, so I these are much cheaper. Uh, $5 for a pack of 100 Think about this, okay? If you go to Starbucks, just one frappuccino is about $5. Just one, just one. But for five dollars, you can get a hundred gospel tracts. And imagine if you just pass one out a day—that's a hundred. That's a supply for a hundred days. It could last you a hundred days if you give yourself a challenge, just one a day, to the cashier, to the person in Walmart. To the, there's this lady named Lily at Walmart. I know who she is. She knows who I am because I can bring her something different every single time, and she gets a big smile. Huh, mom. My mom knows when we go through the the aisle. She's so cute, and she'll tell me her life, all about her life. You know, and I've talked to her about the Lord. She knows. Knows where, where, where I'm at with the gospel, and she tells me she reads everything I give her. The lady at Walmart. Don't waste your Walmart trips. If something goes wrong and you go to one store and the milk's not there, don't get upset about it because maybe on the way out there's someone you're supposed to That's for you. You don't know. You don't know. There's a, there's a reason why you're going where you're going and doing what you're doing um, in the season of life that you're in. Ray Comfort will pay you $1,000 if you can catch him without a gospel track. So I've looked, believe me. <laughs> I'm like, Ray, do you have any tracks on you? <laughs> he always does. And so his grand- grandkids tried to catch him without a gospel track while he was swimming. They go, grandfather, we got you. And he goes, uh, no, you don't. He pulled out a laminated gospel track. <laughs> <laughs> laminated. <laughs> okay, so if that's what it takes, make, make a deal with somebody and say, if you catch me without a gospel track, I'll give you $100. You know the American Express card? Don't leave home without it. Mm-hmm. These, to me, are far more valuable than my credit card. In fact, I've been found at times with these and not any money, where I can't purchase things. And so then I end up just giving them, <laughs> giving them this. Oh, and by the way, if you're going to leave a gospel track at the restaurant, which a lot of people do, if you don't leave a good tip, then just don't even leave a track. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It is so sad, but a lot of the, the the workers at you know at Chili's or whatever Sundays are like their worst days. How sad! That's strange, huh? That's bizarre. We of all people should tip the best and just trust the Lord for the for the increase, you know. Um, Outback. I was at Outback the other day. My friend Mark Spence came and spoke at. It. Um, my, uh, my husband's church. Uh, he's the school, the, the dean of the Biblical School of Evangelism at um, Ray Comfort's Ministry, and we went and took him to Outback after after church. And I was standing in line and um, gave out. Do you have your uh, phone, your track printer? Mm-hmm. Can you show that? I'm going to have Kristen, my dear friend Kristen, come up. Can you hold on one second? So we gave out. Do um, <coughs> we have any of those? Do you have any of the 180s? How many of you have seen the 180 movies? Anyone's, really, the 180, where 14 American college-age students are asked who Adolf Hitler is and none of them know? It went viral online, nearly 5 million views. 14 American college-age students are asked who Adolf Hitler is and not one knows. I thought this can't be true, so I went to downtown Fort Worth and UNT and um, asked students. One said, I I don't know who he is. Was he a a president? (laughs) Another one said, I don't know who he is. Was he a Muslim terrorist? Dead serious. So, anyway, 180 is a movie that um, is a springboard for the gospel. I challenge all of you to to watch it at 180movie.com. It's for free online. And Gigi has a box. And Gigi will give everybody a copy. Thank you, Gigi. It's very, very powerful. I just loaded it with paper. I just loaded it. Oh, good. Okay, so Kristen just loaded it with paper. Let me just, I'm going to print for you guys um, a copy of 180. One second. I'll just print it for you. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: Do you loading up
0: on, hold on, let me load up on some more paper. Hold on. Let me load up on a few. This time, this time I'm going to print about, I think I'll try to print about three. One second. Let me just. Can you see that? I'll just print. I think I printed three. Oh, good, it was three. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you do this at the iPhone store, they'll all gather around. We didn't know about the new iPhone, so I was at the iPhone store and (laughs) had (laughs) them all gather around. (laughs) Really, the whole store in less than a minute had 180 (laughs) dollars. one, 180movie.com, um, geniusthemovie.com. These are all very, very powerful. All went viral. All made through Living Waters, Ray right Comfort, Kirk um, Cameron, Evolution versus God.com. Also, these are all free. Um, great tools. If, you, if you're if you're afraid, afraid to share the gospel and you're not ready to pass out a gospel track yet, cool. then just send that link to somebody on Facebook or through email or write a letter. You know, using a stamp and <laughs> writing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. I still like writing, writing letters. But um, the question is this here's the, here's the question Is your tackle box ready? This is the question Is your tackle box ready? Because if you don't have tracks on you, you're not going to pass them out. If you don't have your American Express card on you, you can't make the transaction. So if you don't have your tracks on you, well, of course you're not going to pass them out, and possibly you're not going to meet other believers, and possibly you're going to maybe waste time going where you're going. And God wants to give give the, the news out to people. So um, you've seen men that like to fish. I'm sure maybe some of you are married to them. I've got some head nodders. They get very <laughs> excited about their little thing. They spend a lot of money on that little, I don't even know what that, tackle box, right? And, they, and the lures... They'll get, you know, for a different fish, there's a different type of lure. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Um, So for me, I use all kinds of different tracks for different people if I'm in a different situation. Like um, when my dog was dying, I went to the um, vet a lot, so I was always giving them one, a a gospel track that had to do with an animal. And this one says IQ test, what kind of animal is this? And it's a picture of a, uh, a wiener dog, a dachshund, and a bird mixed together, morphed together, and they all just go crazy. I had one person say, is that real?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on the back, it goes in the gospel message. If you guess dash bird, and mix between a bird and a dash on you're right. Evolutionists say, transitionary fossils, one species evolving into another, exists due to incremental changes over millions of years, eventually leading to something as ridiculous as a dash bird. <laughs> Yet no transitionary fossils have ever been found. Um, do you want to know who helped me write this? Paul Taylor from Answers in Genesis. He, he used to do Answers in Genesis at the UK and head it up. So since I'm not a professional in these things, I made sure that he this was accurate. The truth is that God created all things to reproduce after their kind. Dogs only reprodu- reproduce dogs. Rabbits only reproduce rabbits. We're going back to kindergarten here. And humans only reproduce humans. What we can learn from fossils is that those creatures lived, were buried, and suddenly died. Have you ever wondered where you'll go when you die? And it goes in the gospel. So for the different situations that you're in, just use different tracks. But if you don't have them ready, then what? So tackle box, men like to use these. Well, I say that we have an advantage over men. Guess why? Because men don't typically carry around bags. But you carry around a big old purse, what do you think it's for, right? <laughs> and if you don't have a big purse, get one. <laughs> what do you think it's for? It's for traps. So I couldn't find any good purses anywhere, really. And so I ended up making my own, designing my own. And on the inside, um, I'm reminded every time I look at it, it says, go serve your king. Oh, so I have cool. labels that I made, and there's a little lady passing out a gospel trap. Do you have the red and the, do you have any red and um, mm-hmm. blues? Yeah. Um, Oh, not only that, Do you, can you see those pockets lining yeah, the whole inside nice, yeah. that fit perfectly so that you can put your different. Mm-hmm. And I get excited about it, I'm like, okay, I've got to organize the bag. <laughs> and, um, it's, you know, it's convenient. And, yeah, show them, Kristen, oh. really quick. Yeah, show them. This okay. is really a long Have you guys seen still. this
1: before? Which one's longer?
0: Obviously, the red. Yeah.
1: So now which one? Oh, wow.
0: Well, have you seen that? Those are fun for the eye
1: doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I did give that out to my eye doctor. What happened? They're you the same.
0: They're both the same size. It's just an optical illusion. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And so our
0: eyes can easily deceive us, but so can our hearts into thinking we're good people mm-hmm. and that we're going to go to heaven because we're good. Remember what Proverbs says? Each one will proclaim his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. think they're good. How do we show them they're not good? Through the Ten Commandments. Through the Canon. Right, And you know, for years, what I did was I just read the back because I didn't know what to do. For years, I was so terrified of man, the fear of man. Um, this one says, are you a good mom? And the mom's got her rollers in her hair, the kid's crying, the laundry's everywhere. And I like giving this to moms. And they'll read it. <laughs> speaking of goodness, they'll go, are you a good mom? I've had women go, I'm a really good mom. <laughs> and they'll walk away, I go, wait till you read the back. <laughs> you might not think you're so good So what happened at the eye doctor, Kristen?
1: Oh yeah, well I thought for sure that he would know the trick You know, he's an eye doctor But um,
0: I showed it to him and um, he didn't know
1: You know, he was really blown away and just loved it And couldn't wait to show his kids and show her the staff and stuff. So it was really good experience
0: That's neat yeah. um, Kristen, tell, tell them really quick I told her I wouldn't put her on the spot But I did it that Thou shalt not lie Forgive me, Lord. Uh, I I did this tour at the retreat too. Kristen, can you talk talk about this just real quick? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. This was a, this door right here. This was a, a friend of my daughter's, um, and um, last June they had just graduated from from high school. My my daughter went on her senior trip to Paris, and her friend Nicole went on her senior trip in somewhere in Texas. So it was just like a road trip. And on their way back, um, her friend was driving, swerved to hit an animal, you know, miss miss an animal, hit a tree. And Nicole was killed instantly, Mm. the only one in the car that died. And um, so my daughter was devastated, and she couldn't go to the funeral. She was wanting to come home from Paris. And I'm saying, Mm. you can't come home from Paris, but I'll go for you. I'll go to the funeral. And, um, you know, ultimately, when somebody dies, you want something good to come from it, especially a situation like this. I mean, she was 18 years old. Mm. So I was thinking, what can I do? And I I thought of Trisha's tombstone tracks, and I called her up, and I said, you know, can I – can I get a pack of your tracks? You know, I want to hand out as many as I can. I'm just one person. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. I will donate 200 tracks, and I'll go with you, and we'll hand them out together. So, so the day of, um, we get ready to go, and they ended up changing the, the time of the funeral and everything on us, and it was like all these obstacles. Mm-hmm. She, she had mm-hmm. something come up, and mm-hmm. it was really a struggle for us to actually mm-hmm. get to go. But we ended up getting there late and we walk in and they they hand us these programs, I guess that's what it's called
0: right? Program.
1: and um, we go and we find a
0: scene, I I open mine up first and remember the most important part on the tombstone is the Mm -hmm. and And I'm sitting here like, I could not believe my eyes
1: my eyes got huge, I looked over at Trish and I I show her this what's on the inside
0: is the poem called The 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 Dash Dash. and so we were blown away could that have been planned better? The Lord planned that and yeah. we stood at the end of the funeral and ended up passing out like as if we were ushers. <laughs> yeah.
1: We just Earth kept I mean, People were sober. They
0: took them all. And you want to know the worst part of it all is that it was a woman reverend who did the funeral and never shared the gospel once. Do you know what she shared is that Nicole's love is all around us. What? What does that mean? You had the perfect opportunity to share the gospel. That's why women shouldn't be reverend reverence right Mm -hmm. um so anyway thank you for that so i like to
1: say she didn't share the gospel but they left with
0: it anyway so i keep this in this testimony this was last year way last year and nicole's um legacy lives on and her her parents have no idea that you know all these women keep hearing this Wonderful testimony about her life, and there's a very good chance she could have been saved, only God knows that. But as I was preparing for this message, I had taken a break and was checking out my, my Facebook um, news and this picture popped up, and this is a brother, Mike Gonzalez. My husband and I did a um, conference last week, and I spoke to the ladies, and he was one of the speakers on the panel of men. And um, it, it caught me because I was wondering, who's he with? And above it, this is what he writes. He writes... My mom told me three months before she went home to be with the Lord, quote, it's about souls, Mike. It's about souls, end quote. And that's all he wrote, and I just thought, wow, how, how perfect. This is, it's, ex- it's exactly right. It is about souls. And so get creative. You know, if it means you get a little journal, I got a little journal for my, my um, nephew Christian, and it's, it was real small, and I wrote for 30 days a prayer for him. He wasn't a Christian. Um, wrote, you know, like, Lord, I just pray that you protect Christian in his car. Now, he was 19, I think, at the time. And then, you know, the next day, I'd say, Lord, I pray that you'd help Christian to to choose friends wisely. And then I'd put the verse, Bad company corrupts good good morals. And then the next day, I'd say, Lord, I pray that, you know, Christian would come to know you and that he'd realize that the most important thing in life is eternal salvation found only in Christ. Then the next day, I'd write something different. You know he's saved now. I I don't know if that little journal had anything to do with it, but is there somebody that maybe you could write a little journal for? Go to the 99-cent store. And then hand it to him. Can you imagine if that was you receiving it? And if someone said, I've been praying for you for the last 30 days, you would read every word. He's saved now. My husband had the privilege of baptizing him. Call that loved one. Don't be a coward like me. Um, It took me, I can't tell you how many years, to finally share the gospel with my dad. And I didn't do it face-to-face because I'm a coward. I didn't do it over the phone because I'm a coward. Um, I ended up writing an email at 3 a.m. at night with tears. And I just said, Dad, you've always been a moral man. You've always, you know, been upright. You've never been given to much wine and this and that and this and that. But there's one thing. I said, because you don't talk about the Lord, shows that there isn't any love for him there. Have you ever looked at yourself according to the Ten Commandments? <laughs> and I wrote this whole email out. Do you know he never said anything about it to me? And it took me, because I'm a coward, and uh, it took me one year to ask him if he received the email. And I had to have an accountability partner to help me do it. That's, how, that's the type of fear I had. And you know what the Proverbs says? Fear of man is a snare. snare. It will make. What is a snare used for? An animal. It will turn you into an irrational-like animal. And that's what a snare is for. The fear of man is a snare. And so I finally called him on the phone. And I said, Dad, um, did you ever get that email? He said, yes. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to hear. And um, all that to say, he doesn't talk to me anymore. And um, it's been a while. And, uh, but that's okay, because you know what? What does the Bible say? Great is your reward in heaven when you're persecuted for my name's sake. So I just think in my head, every time I'm persecuted, every time I have a loss, I just think, cha-ching. Boy, my bank bank must be really full right now, (laughs) you know, in heaven. And so we need to remind ourselves of that. Encourage yourself with the word. If you're not preaching the word to yourself, then somebody else is preaching to you, and it's probably the evil one. If you're still not convinced about gospel tracts, listen to this testimony, and I'm going to tell you who it's from. One day... As I was going back to my dorm, I saw a pamphlet on the floor and picked it up. To my surprise, it was a gospel tract that someone had discarded. Later that evening, while I was alone in my room, I read it and learned how I could know for sure that I would be going to heaven. That night, in the quiet of my dorm, with no one else present, I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Those are the words of Moody Bible Institute's president, Dr. Paul Nyquist, and he's been walking with the Lord for 30 years. The power of a discarded gospel track. So, where can you put gospel tracks? Um, anywhere. When, when you're running errands, give them out. I have friends that put them in the B of A. You know, when you, the little where the card goes, uh, they just they fit perfectly there. <laughs> One time I was doing that and someone came up behind. Someone you know pulled up behind and I was putting it in there and I felt convicted. Get out of the car and just hand it to them. So I got out of the car and I go, here, this is for you. And I didn't have to put it in there. And they go, oh, thank you. I didn't get crucified. I didn't get run over by a car. They didn't, they didn't yell at me, um, but they fit perfect in there. eBay shipments. Um, we had somebody um, email Living Waters recently. He had been putting gospel tracts in all of his eBay shipments, and he got a very negative review. I will no longer do business with you because of your propaganda. Don't let that intimidate you. That doesn't necessarily mean a negative thing. I would rather have a negative response like Stefan. Remember the astrophysicist in Germany? I'd rather have a negative response because you never know what's really going on with a person than no response at all. It means they're alive. If someone gets upset up with you, it means they're, they're alive and they're really thinking about these things. After all, what are we looking for? We're looking for lost people, right? The drive through You guys go through the drive through often? Don't waste your drive through um, I like to go through the drive-thru. Uh, well, I won't tell you. Just go to FisherTrish.com and click on 2-Minute Evangelism Tips. 2-Minute Evangelism Tips, and you can see what I do through the drive through Okay? Um, do you want to know? Should I just tell you?
1: Yeah. She's all, yes, please.
0: I pay for the person behind me, and then um, I'll just ask, how much, is your, how much is their total? And I'm hoping it's not $19, you know. Um, one time it was $107. And I go, okay, that was no big deal. Someone was ordering a Coke. How many of you do that? You could drive through the drive-through just for a Coke? Kristen (laughs) doesn't. What? Okay, well good, I hope you pull up behind me and I'll pay for you. (laughs) So I paid for their meal and I I tell the person at the window, I say, um, this is for them. I said, make sure that you tell them their meal's been paid for, hand this to them, and then (coughs) just for you, read this when you get a break. And then you just drive off. You never know what that will do, Good works, adorning the gospel, right? How about clothes in the pockets at stores? I have friends that do that. Oh <gasps> Drop them in the bags and purses at stores. How about in lobbies, inside restaurant menus, um, cash, uh, give them to cashiers, restroom stalls. I have a friend that puts them <laughs> in the toilet paper, and when they pull out the toilet paper, they fall down. I won't mention any names, Amy. <laughs> um, Diaper-changing stations. You're there for not just the diaper, maybe. ATM machines, remember, card, uh, credit card slots, junk mail envelopes. I have a friend that collects, you know, when you get the junk mail, they give you a, an envelope that perfectly, that has um, no postage required. Well, you didn't ask for the junk, right? You didn't ask for it. So why don't you put a track in that little envelope and nicely send it back to them? I have a friend that had a stack this, this high of them, and he got excited every, every time to, to put them in and mail them off. I wonder what the postman was thinking. <laughs> He probably was thinking, well, he applies for everything. Or um, <laughs> Cases of beer, truck stops, pl- um, plastic brochure holder by the door. My friend Anna Jackson designed this beautiful plastic door thing. She has it outside the door, and it just says, take one. You know, and I was thinking, well, I'm glad that you didn't put a sign that said, if I'm not home, take one, because then they'll know you're not home, and maybe they'll rob you. But then I thought, <laughs> but if then, they, then if they rob you, they'll get convicted, because on the back it says, thou shall not steal. <laughs> oh, and don't put these in your car. Like, leave them laying around, okay? But, but um, and if they break in, oh well, maybe they'll get convicted. We had a friend that um, uh, recently had her luggage stolen, flying to Seattle or something, and, and um, I thought, oh, did you have gospel tracts in there? I hope so. Because then when they read them, um, you get the point everywhere. You get the point, right? So, how many of you guys have people come and knock at the door and try to sell you things? I pull out my holy Bible, and I ask them, how many do you have at home? And they go, well, maybe five. That's the average. The average home has about five Bibles I've been finding. I say, when was the last time you read it? This is the person at the door. They'll go, last year. And I go, oh, yeah, that's typical. I said, because a lot of people... You know, have a lot of Bibles, but they don't read them. I said, you know, those that do though, there are some that do read the Bible, and for them it's just like a dry history lesson. Oh wow. I said, but when you give your life to Christ and you repent of your sins and you get born again, the word of God comes alive. Uh I said, and so will you. They forget what they're selling. (laughs) I go, hold on. Be back, I have some more things for you. And I keep specifically intentionally, I keep a stack of stuff in my office, which is right around the door, and I go, hold on, I'll be right back. And I give them gifts. Think about how giving you become. Think about how, you know, um the, the neighbors on my street um, know our house. They know our house. And they're always waiting, Me and my husband, and they, they want me to do more tricks. And, and it's all about the gospel. I preach to them. There's one little girl so I it seems like, you know, like the Lord just has his hand on her. She's really, really special. Um, we have gifts for you, okay? Um, Gigi made some incredible little baskets. But before we do that, Kristen and Amy, can you guys, um, and Ana, can I, Tonya, can I, I need a few volunteers. We brought DVDs for you. Uh, a copy of The Biggest Question. How many of you guys have seen this or heard of it? Okay. These, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've got biggest questions, and also every, every, each one of you. I'm giving a copy of um, Evolution versus God, so you'll get a, an actual copy of this. Yeah,
1: um,
0: that's The biggest question is a DVD that. Um, um, well, about, about. Let's see here. Two hundred fifty thousand of these. Yep. Two hundred fifty thousand of these have been passed out within the last year and a half through Wretched Radio. I call this a gospel track on steroids. Because <laughs> people can put this right into their DVDs. Okay? And it has a solid gospel message. They're also going to be handing you little, um, what's it called, you guys? Oh, little sign up things. Don't, make sure you get that. Fill your name out. We're going to do a drawing. We're giving away like 20 things right now. Um, if you want your name drawn, make sure to print very neatly. If we can't read it, sorry. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the challenge. Are you ladies ready uh, for the challenge? Okay. You are going to have two copies of the biggest question, and you have a week. Here's your challenge. This is the challenge that I gave to the last two ladies groups that I spoke with this month. The challenge is to watch The Biggest Question DVD and keep a copy for yourself. And the other copy you're going to give away to somebody. It can be a stranger, a family member, anybody. One week's time. Are you guys up for that? Up for that? Okay. So you should get two copies of The Biggest Question. One copy of Evolution vs. God. Okay. okay. As soon as you fill those out, if you can get those filled out, then um, the ladies will come by and pick up your name. We're going to throw your name in in a handbag and draw them out. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel free. Yeah, go oh. around and then I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll put them all in here and we'll draw okay. and we'll have you do the draw. Okay. That sounds fun. So they can get mad at you and not me if I don't pick their names. <laughs>
1: They're not gonna get mad. Mar- Marianne.
0: No. Marianne. 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 Yeah. I, I got so.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Wait. What happened to my phone?
1: Amy might
0: have turned it off. I think it's just a battery. Marianne. Oh, Marianne. Oh, and I never finished telling you about Outback. Remember the track printer? Remember the printer? And Outback, I've got to tell you what happened there. So remember, we we're taking Mark Spence out to eat. We're at Outback. I encountered a couple. I did the track printer for them, which everyone, almost everybody, really good response. Not this family. They did not give a good response at all. In fact, after I did the track printer to them, I felt like I just wanted to go and hide under a a bush. In fact, I walked away just kind of like, the wind sat down, and it really took the wind out of me because their, their attitude seemed so negative. They were not impressed at all. About three days later, I'm going to B of A. And, um, and I walk in, and I did the track printer to two of the workers. And the guy looks at me, and he goes, were you out back on Sunday? <laughs> and I went, was I? Oh, yeah, I was. And he goes, you gave me that on Sunday. He goes, me and my family. He goes, we went home and watched 180 that night. Oh, he goes, thank oh, you yeah, so much. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that. So you don't know what people are going through or what type of situation you walked in. Maybe they were talking about something serious, you know. Okay. So before before we do the drawing, I would like you all to hold up your fishing things in one hand and the biggest question in the other. I want to send this to um, Todd Creel and um, Kurt Ann Danes- Cameron and R uh, W. Yeah. Oh. These incredible things. I mean, only Gigi can come up with a, a tin can and make it look elegant. I would have had a, some paint bucket, and I don't know, but look at that little fishing.
1: Hey, Gigi. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo.
0: Really special, really special. Okay, so we're going to do the giveaway, and I chose Marianne to pick your name so that you don't get mad at me if, if I uh-huh. get mad at her if she doesn't draw your name, okay? And um, Kristen will um, be drawn from the, the giveaway back. Okay. okay, fire away. Fire away. Rhonda Trammell. This is a, a pack of Are You a Good Dad? So we have Are You a Good Mom? Are You a Good Dad? Virgin, cool.
1: And Reagan.
0: <laughs> Let me explain this really quick. These are kind of fun. This is a new truck. You've got to guess um, which one's white and which one's gray. And people go, well, that's obvious, right? That it's the um, bottom one is white and the top one's gray, but when you put your finger over the seam, can you see what color they are now? They're both the same size, and I've had people go, what? They get so excited, It's it's, again, it's an illusion, and that our hearts can be the same, just like our eyes can be. Congratulations.
1: Jane Oliver. Two copies.
0: Yay! Two copies of 180. That's the movie, 180, 14 American college-age students. They're on the back. They're asked to Adolf off Hitler as none of them know. Nina more. Nina. Yeah. Yay. Okay, go ahead. Deborah. Yay. Yay. Deborah, do you encounter any Spanish people? <laughs> These are in español. Okay, I guess God wants you to be out of your comfort zone, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gigi will take you, take no, you into I'm the get so out cool. <laughs>
1: Kelly Cruz Yay,
0: Yay. Yay. Kelly go. Is it are you good mom? i <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um, I just picked my oh and is that bad <laughs> no. no Congratulations no. You get good mom tracks Good yeah. mom tracks Yes, yes. <laughs> Was you. Know really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where's my men? name Ishii. Yeah. 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 Hey, <laughs> Allie
1: Jones. Two more. Yeah. Two more.
0: things in closing. Um, this is another one. We didn't give any away, but this is one of my personal favorites for you. It an IQ test. Um, what year was this outfit worn? Can you say that? And, and what is it? It's a man standing there with a, looks like a baseball outfit. Well, that's the number one guess answer is that it's a baseball outfit.
1: And, uh, but that's wrong. Any guesses?
0: Yes. Swimsuit. That's a man's swimsuit, look at that, 1885, and it goes into that same message about clothes. And I thought it would be perfect during the, the um, summer season coming out and all the immodesty. So just find immodest people and go. <laughs> <laughs> this, is
1: a, this is another one. Um, this is a, uh, okay, uh, what do you call caveman, Drag, cave cavewoman. And
0: <laughs> it says, who, who were the first people to wear clothes and what did they wear? If you guessed Adam and Eve and fig leaves, you're right. And it goes into have you ever wondered why we even wear clothes? It goes into the gospel. So kinda of some neat tools. Um but other than that I think Kelly, I think I'm done. Unless any questions or stones. No, I'm just <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we have a... If you get yeah. any of them, we can get up to the front. Yeah, we have, we have plenty.
1: And uh, thank you ladies for
0: coming, and... you, Kelly. Maybe I can say a closing prayer. Can we say Maybe I can say a prayer. We should class Guys, let me say a quick prayer for us, and then um, we brought enough coffee so you get two each. So if you know the challenge, watch it and you one way. Let me say prayer Lord, thank you for these dear, dear women. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity um, that you've given us to come here. I pray that this would bear so much fruit. Mm-hmm. Lord, that mm-hmm. In heaven, when we sit around the marriage supper or mm-hmm. supper of the Lamb, we can just, on that day, um, talk about what you've done from this day. I pray, Lord, that all of us would be able to um, store a lot <clears> in heaven. Because our, our earthly possessions here are rotting away rather quickly. Thank yes, you for these ladies. I pray you use them empower them hmm? to go and share the gospel in Jesus. Name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.